Welcome to Food Navigator, USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. More consumers are factoring sustainability into their purchase decisions, according to data from Nielsen IQ, but effectively and efficiently communicating a product's environmental impact in less than the 10 seconds that most shoppers spend deciding what to buy is challenging. According to Nielsen IQ's global health and wellness study fielded last fall, a third of U.S. consumers are more likely to buy products with sustainable credentials, triggering a 16.5% uptick in environmental sustainability claims and certifications on packages in the past two years. Among these include a 60.3% increase in carbon-free claims, a 37.6% jump in renewable energy claims, a 36.7% increase in claims about less emissions, and a 29.8% and 17.5% increase in zero-waste and sustainably certified claims, respectively. So while powerful purchase drivers earning and responsibly communicating environmental sustainability successes without breaking the bank can be overwhelming, if not impossible, to do alone, which is where organizations like the nonprofit Climate Neutral come into play. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Austin Whitman, the CEO of Climate Neutral, shares how his independent organization is helping brands access the tools and networks that they need to measure, offset, and ultimately reduce their entire carbon footprint. He also explains why undertaking this process is essential now, both for the planet and for brands' economic success. And finally, he shares marketing strategies to maximize the impact of the company's environmental work without confusing consumers or falling prey to greenwashing. Climate Neutral was founded on the premise that urgent action is needed to address climate change and that being accountable for carbon should be the new normal for responsible businesses. And while the founders believe that calculating and offsetting footprints is remarkably easy and surprisingly affordable, they also recognize that carbon conversion is really complicated, even though fundamentally it doesn't have to be. Part of what makes the carbon conversation confusing or intimidating for many businesses and individuals is the swirl of information and disinformation that surrounds the topic, making it difficult to understand the full extent of climate change, the speed at which it's progressing, and why immediate action, not just goals with a 20, 30, or even 50-year horizon, is necessary. To better understand the need for change, Whitman says he likes to think about the evolution of climate change not within the context of the planet's long life, but his own short one. In my lifetime, carbon emissions have increased 100% globally, uh, and that's from basically the late 70s till now. And in my career, they've increased 30%, which is basically you know, 2000, last 20 years. And what does that say is the carbon emissions are heading in the wrong direction and all the climate models will tell us that if they keep doing that, we will hit uh, conditions in the world that are in many places unlivable and in a lot of places highly disruptive and in very few places a little bit better before they get a lot worse. And so the effects of climate change 
do vary depending on where you are on the planet. But as a global average, we're, we're headed toward at least two and a half degrees C, probably more like three and a half, four degrees Celsius rise over historical averages. And that just creates a real problem. And so what humans have been trying to do is solve this issue diplomatically for the last 30 years, and it hasn't gone very well. There certainly has been a lot of great science that's been produced out of the diplomatic discussions that have happened, but not a lot of great policy progress. Now, at this point, about 50, maybe 60% of carbon emissions around the world do have some sort of price on them or will have some sort of price on them, which means that the company who emits carbon is responsible for paying some price, but it's not yet meaningfully changing carbon emissions. We're still seeing emissions rise somewhere in the order of you know, 2 3 4% per year when they need to be falling somewhere in the order of 8 or 9% per year. So we've got a 10 11% difference in the trajectory between what we need and what we have. And that is really putting us into what I would just describe as kind of emergency situation when it comes to climate. And I think when I started working on this issue in early, the early 2000s, there wasn't this sense of urgency, which was a good thing and a bad thing. You know, the, the good thing was, wow, we, we can try a few things out and maybe get them wrong. And try some more things out and you know, not worry about things immediately scaling up because we still have time and it wasn't yet clear that 2050 was this drop dead date as it is now. Um, but now we are in 2022 and there's no question that the science has shown the importance of reducing emissions significantly by 2030 and then by 2040 and 2050 and that we really don't have another another opportunity to squander you know 15 20 years and, and I'm putting it in those terms because the kind of the current modern current modern movement of corporate responsibility I would say was born slowly in the 90s and then accelerated in the early 2000s and so that's why I'm talking about that 20 year chunk is a meaningful time period so if it, if it started accelerating in the early 2000s why didn't it accelerate enough to meaningfully deal with climate, well, it's because sustainability has been focused on a lot of different issues, all of which are important, but never really focused in on the issue of climate change. And now we have an opportunity in a really important moment to get corporate sustainability programs to focus in on climate in a way that they've never done before. But unfortunately, we've got to make that happen really, really fast. Slowing and potentially reversing climate change for the sake of the planet and future generations isn't the only reason that Whitman says businesses should act now to track, offset, and reduce their emissions. They should also do so for their own bottom line. He explains that from a business perspective, companies focused on environmental sustainability are responding to a carrot and a stick. On the reward side, sustainability is a sales driver with consumers increasingly buying more from environmentally conscious companies. And the stick is coming from employees and investors who increasingly are walking away from companies that are not advancing sustainably. Sustainably marketed products are growing five, six times. Non-sustainably marketed products, and um, those five to six times faster. Um, And... 
they are more resilient in economic downturns. And it's, it's sort of very convincing. Uh, there's very convincing evidence that consumers do care about sustainability when they're shopping for products. So that's a, that's a really positive trend. We've also seen it really strongly in the form of employee pressure on companies to do, do more about climate change to the, to the point where people are interviewing for jobs and asking the hiring manager, what are you doing about sustainability? What are you doing about the climate? Um, so I think we can't overstate just how much folks, especially in slightly you know, more kind of junior or entry-level roles, um, are really, really concerned about climate change and want to know that when they go to work every day, they're working for a company that is taking things seriously. So there's consumer pressure, no doubt, and there's, there's, there's employee pressure. Um, and then I think increasingly we're seeing uh, stakeholder pressure. So businesses requiring their suppliers to perform differently or looking for ways to meaningfully engage their suppliers and in the most extreme cases, cutting off contracts with suppliers who won't take climate into account in their operations. So um, all those things create a business case for, for business executives and it's not to say that it's easy to quantify and present that to CEOs, but the Probably the, the best, um, you know, the best examples of, of companies having real impact that we've seen start with the general recognition in the boardroom and in the C-suite that this is an issue that their business needs to respond to, and then kind of sending it down the line and saying to whatever teams get involved, marketing and operations and sustainability typically, um, you know, let's go figure out a plan. Given the size of the prize for adopting more sustainable practices and the reputation and financial threat of not... Why aren't more companies taking action and talking about it in their marketing? One reason, Whitman says, is because they've overthought it and psyched themselves out. So to help companies overcome their fears and better understand what it takes to reduce their emissions, Whitman says Climate Neutral created a three-step roadmap and a set of tools to, quote, democratize the information that companies need to start taking immediate action. Most companies are perplexed about what to do about it and probably overestimate how much cost and how much time would be required or should be required or is required of any business to actually start to do something about climate change. And so we decided that the best way to get companies interested in doing more would, would be to start with a label that consumers could respond to in the same way that they respond to a USDA organic label or a FSC certified label, and to, to drum up some consumer interest that way, and then to create a fairly simple roadmap that you know kind of fills the the missing center of a sustainability program where climate is not previously factored in, and where we can say here's a here's a turnkey set of things that you as an organization should adopt, and embrace and develop and, and refine and improve on year over year um, that can become a core part of your overall sustainability program. So the obvious question is, okay, so what are you guys doing as a nonprofit that's different from a consulting firm or any one of the dozens of software firms that are entering this space? And I think the most important thing to, to emphasize here is that we're trying to democratize the information that companies need to really sort of take an immediate action as opposed to making it feel really complicated and, um, and siloed and 
expensive to access. <laughs> so for every every um, you know kind of custom consulting engagement that consultants are working on out there, we're, we're trying to get you know, 100 companies um, to just have access to some new basic information and to be able to connect with each other and share knowledge and ideas. To make this information as easy to understand and act on as possible, Climate Neutral breaks its certification process into three steps, measure, offset, and reduce. And those are developed around peer-reviewed standards. So the first step, measuring, may sound complex and resource-intensive, but Whitman says it only takes one to two hours for small brands and one to three months for larger brands, including data aggregation. In part because Climate Neutral software tool, the Brand Emission Estimator, or B, streamlines everything. There's the three fundamental ways to do carbon measurement, um, one of which is to take very, very high-level economic averages and figure out kind of what, what types of products you make and, um, and how much of them you make and use those averages to generate carbon emissions. And where people see this in practice is anytime you see kind of a credit card that turns your monthly spending into carbon emissions, it's using that type of approach. It's very, very simple, high level, but, you know, it's increasingly used to do these sort of transaction-based analyses of your carbon emissions. I bought a cup of coffee, which then becomes rolled into um, food products, and I know as a, or the, or the calculator, I guess, knows that um, food products emit, emit a certain amount of carbon for every dollar that you spend in the U.S., and then that gets turned into carbon emissions. So, so kind of one approach is very high level, um, uh, carbon emissions at the, at the sector level. The second approach is to use what are called, uh, well, I guess what are detailed, more detailed emission factors, which are still averages, but they're based down at the process level. So whatever it takes to anodize a kilogram of aluminum or to produce a, a kilogram of aluminum or to produce a pound of a certain chemical. So those all have um, emission factors that vary by country. And there's a ton of research out there to look at what the average emission factor would be if you're doing any one of those processes um, in, an, in a given region. And then and so the second approach is to take things that you know about the operations of your business and pair them together with the, those more detailed emission factors and end up with um, kind of a corporate or, or even a product level uh, assessment of your, of your operations. The, both of those two approaches are what 98% of the carbon measurement out there involves. That's whether you're doing something in a free tool online or whether you're paying a consultant or a software company $200,000 a year. Um, most everybody uses one of those two, those first two approaches. The third approach is to go far more detailed um, deep down into your operations and actually start to collect primary data up your supply chain. And a very, very small percentage of companies are actually doing that, and um, it's expensive and time-consuming and extremely important, but it's usually, ironically, it's usually what most people say you should do first. And our whole approach in carbon measurement has been, you know what, let's just take these three different approaches and do them one at a time in exactly that order, the easiest on, on the way up, all the way up to the hardest. 
And so the B, the, the brand emissions estimator, takes um, the first step in, in the B is to use that first approach, which is these kind of industry-wide averages. And then for companies that are getting certified, we give them the opportunity to do go through an accelerated version of the second approach that's very much self-service and driven by the teams who are leading um, the certification process. So that at the end of, end of certification, they have a report that uses the same kinds of techniques that consultants would use um, and delivers a composite picture of what their emissions are and gives them a sense of where they should prioritize when they're thinking about decreasing those emissions. And we don't do the third style of accounting, carbon accounting, because we think there are a lot of great firms out there doing that, and most companies aren't probably quite ready for it, or if they are, they're you know, in good hands with the consultants, many of whom we know and, and in some cases work with. Once companies know the extent of their emissions, Climate Neutral helps them identify how to offset and eventually reduce them, which Whitman acknowledges is the opposite order from what most other players in the space say. The first thing that any company should do is compensate for historical emissions while they're working on reducing future emissions. And we've taken a little different approach on this framework because of the urgency of the problem, where you know the way sort of a lot of conventional frameworks have laid it out is measure you reduce your emissions as much as you can, and then you offset the rest. And from our perspective, reduce is never going to be done until we get to global net zero. So you might as well not think of that as something that you're going to finish at some point in the next couple of years, because reduction are, reductions are a long-term and complicated journey. And there's really important investment that companies need to be making in the near term while investing in those medium and long-term reductions. So it's not, the, not a question of offsets replacing that investment, but being in addition to the investment that companies start to make in, in reducing their emissions. So we work with a team of outside experts. We have kind of a, a balanced view on the carbon offset market. We know that a bunch of carbon offsets out there are really terrible, but there are a bunch of carbon offsets out there that are great and having a good impact. And I think more importantly, we apply them in the context of businesses basically very clearly saying that this is a this is the first thing that you should do, not the last thing that you should do, and it should become part of this portfolio of investments that you're making to address your carbon emissions both inside your operations through reductions as well as outside your operations by investing in in projects, carbon offset projects. When it comes to reducing emissions, Climate Neutral encourages companies to take a long view and to address first low-hanging fruit while it works towards larger, more complicated, and longer-term goals. It also understands that companies of different sizes and at different development stages have more or fewer resources at their disposal, which is why the nonprofit creates a sliding scale of sorts for reduction targets. What we do is say, let's just start with start with the basic kind of near-term, set of near-term actions you're going to take, which, which typically starts with things like we're going to employ, uh, implement a different employee travel policy, and we're going to revise our operational plans so that we can ship less freight by air. Uh, and in some cases, you know, we're going to swap out uh, virgin polyester for recycled polyester or virgin aluminum for recycled aluminum or something like that. Um, and the again, the goal is to frame out short-term actions that companies are going to take while setting the stage for them to begin thinking about longer-term reduction actions as well. And I think anybody who 
you know, who has the conversation about reductions needs to have needs to promise that they're kind of having a, a very honest reduction conversation about the obstacles that they're facing and the challenges of reducing emissions in a world that's highly fossil fuel dependent because every every entity out there is dependent on other entities that have no choice but to burn fossil fuels when they're doing their doing their work. So um, so the largest companies in our portfolio are companies over $100 million in revenues, and they're all required to set science-aligned reduction targets for 2030 in addition to these near-term plans. And then companies between $5 million and $100 million are given the option to and strongly encouraged to set 2030 reduction targets but not required to do it. And a lot of companies do, do, do choose to do it because they want to go through the process of that target setting and um, understand what it would mean. The resources and funding necessary to move through this process and earn climate-neutral certification varies by size of the company, with larger companies getting a bit of a bulk rate savings. The cost to work with us is a, if you're, if you're getting certified, it's a per-ton fee that we charge uh, based on your emissions. So ideally, as you reduce them, you pay us less. Uh, but we charge companies a sliding scale, starting at $0.75 cents per ton of emissions, going down to $0.03 cents, uh, for the largest emitters. Uh, that's not that's not um, on every ton. So the, the first five thousand tons are always at seventy five cents, um, and then the next twenty five thousand are at uh, forty cents, forty forty five cents, um, and then it kind of goes down from there. So it's not to say that we're rewarding people for for emitting more, but just that the largest companies don't actually take us as much time to work with, so we charge them a little bit less on the on the highest marginal tons. Um, so that's kind of how we, how we think about charging for certification and, and the brand license. Um, that includes carbon measurement. For companies that aren't measuring their emissions, we have a separate brand license arrangement, or sorry, a separate um, software license arrangement for companies that are, just want to use the measurement tools. And our hope is that most of them eventually turn into certified companies because, you know, it's great to measure your emissions, but it's better to do something about them. And, um, and so we do have a small segment of brands that just work with us in a measurement capacity. Uh, but the total cost of certification is quite a bit more because the cost of carbon offsetting is expensive, as it, as it should be. Um, you know, carbon should be priced at some amount, certainly greater than zero, and some amount probably greater than 5 or $10 a ton. Um, and, and typically, depending on the size of the company, somewhere between 10 and 3% and I, and I put it in that way because the smallest companies are, are, are paying us probably 10% of their total certification cost goes to us and 90% goes to carbon offsetting. And with the largest companies, it's more like 3% uh, that they pay in certification and brand license fees and 97% that goes into carbon offsetting. And that's the intent of the model, right? And the intent of the model is to charge as little as possible in the measurement and assessment phases so that companies can spend as much as possible on decarbonization, um, as opposed to saying, all right, you're going you're to spend $200,000 with us on software that will directionally tell you how you should reduce your emissions, and we know full well that you're going to have to go through the exercise of figuring out how to reduce those, but we're not going to help you with that. Um, we're just going to do the measurement process for you. So it's... Um, you know, we think it's designed for, for impact, more, more made impact and spending on things that we don't have anything to do with, um, which is good. Uh, and, uh, and so far it's allowed us to, as a nonprofit, to cover most of our costs. We do have 
some grant funding from foundations and corporate um, philanthropies, but um, we're increasingly becoming increasingly self-sufficient on those certification and brand license fees. Once companies complete Climate Neutral's three-step process, the nonprofit ensures that they get the credit they're due by helping them craft an accessible marketing message around their efforts. The certification is something that takes on different meaning as companies grow and, and, and as, as companies go and along the journey. And so the first year for certification, we enable them to do marketing around the exciting fact that they've gotten certified and what it means. Um, and then in subsequent years, we try to help them articulate more parts of the story, like what they're actually doing to measure well, what they're doing for the different steps of the certification process. So a lot of the work that we do beyond the certification itself um, is to help them think about how to message it out to their consumers. And that includes even companies that don't work closely with us during certification because they work with third parties but come to us for suggestions on how to message complex things like climate neutral, net zero, carbon neutral, how to weave it into their core um, you know, brand messages. So we do do a lot of work with companies on that. We do a, a sort of small-scale marketing on our own dime, which is uh, focused around primarily social media and uh, traditional PR and print media. Uh, well, you know, di digital media, I guess, just not thing as print really anymore, but um, you know, traditional publications, mainstream publications. Um, but, but far more of the reach with consumers happens through the marketing channels that our brands have, and that's because um, we actually have quite a few brands now who spend quite a bit on marketing. We're not trying to really tell too much of a complex story because we know that we'll lose 99% of the audience if we do that. So the, so the strategy around consumer messaging is very much kind of marketing through the brands that, we've, that we work with to the consumers, and then keeping the message optimistic, hopeful, engaging, and, and really simple. Already working with more than 350 brands, Climate Neutral is eager to expand its impact with a shared goal of moving the needle on climate change. For those who are interested in learning more about Climate Neutral's certification process, or who want to partner with other organizations that are already certified, check out climateneutral.org. And with that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week. 